Welcome to And Justice for All, the official podcast of Roosevelt University, exploring the relationship between education and justice and the transformative power of inclusive education. Hosted by Roosevelt University President Ali Malekzadeh. This week's episode is a little different. No host, just two students talking. We get to hear their stories of how they found their way to Roosevelt. Mia Moore and Antea Zachary are both members of the Honors Program. They will tell us how they found their way to the Honors Program and found a place where they belong, where they can think critically and better understand themselves. Mia Moore is a junior at Roosevelt and hails from the south suburbs of Chicago. She's majoring in history with a double minor in social justice studies and sociology. In addition to being a member of the Honors Program, Mia is also a McNair Scholar, treasurer of the Phi Alpha Theta History Honors Society, a Mansfield Institute Fellowship for Activism and Community Engagement Fellow, a Dean's List student, a member of the Honors Program's Advisory Board, and an Honors Experiential Learning Research Fellow through the Office of Student Research. Mia is also a music enthusiast and has a genuine passion for learning. Antea Zachary is third year honors student at Roosevelt University, grounded and inspired by her upbringing on the south side of Chicago and Northwest Indiana. She is committed to and passionate about understanding the needs of communities she is a witness to the change dynamics that shape opportunity and empowerment within societies, which has led her to pursue a social justice studies major. Outside of being a program and research assistant at Roosevelt University, Antea works as an intern for the National Women in Agriculture Association and volunteer for One Earth Film Festival. She has an avid love for reading and passion for knowledge as free trade. Enjoy their conversation. Good morning. My name is Antea Zachary. I am a junior at Roosevelt University, and I am a social justice studies major with a minor in political science. And I'm joined today with my friend and peer, Mia Moore. Hi, Mia. Hi, Antea. Um, my name is Mia Moore. I am a second year student at Roosevelt, and I'm also a junior. Mm-hmm. I major in history, and I have double minors in sociology and social justice studies. Awesome. And so today we're just kind of talking about our educational journeys at Roosevelt and getting to know each other more. The first thing I kind of wanted to start off with, Mia, is um, kind of in tandem with the, you know, every year the honors program has a theme that supports our learning, that drives how we interact with each other in classes. So I kind of want to start with, and that theme this year is what's in a name. And I kind of want to start with what's in your name, Mia Moore. 
sounds French, mi amour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I wanted to know. I took French in high school. My, like, my French teacher, he just, he would call my full name, like, not just my first name. He would say, like, first and last. It was great. But <laughs> for my name, I don't know, my parents, like, they were trying to be clever. Mm-hmm. And so, like, mi amour, like, the, like, French or Spanish, yeah. like, for my love. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I used to, like, I used to not really like my name for some reason, but, like, I don't know. I realized that's kind of cool. Like, my parents are kind of clever with that. Like, <laughs> I don't know. So it's cool now. What yeah, about you? It's very beautiful. Uh, Thank you. My name has no meaning to my mother, mm-hmm. which is very, I mean, it has meaning. But when she came up with it, it was kind of her ingenuity and creativity, mm-hmm. which is very funny because, you know, my two older brothers both have kind of biblical names. And then mm-hmm. my youngest sister has a name tied to the family, but I kind of came along with this name without meaning. I knew there was creativity behind it, but I've had to create meaning for it myself, which I think is kind of why I've also loved the honors theme this year, just making meanings out of names. So the meaning I've kind of started to find and see in myself is a person, as a student, as a being is kind of everything and nothing at the same time that oh at the beginning of my name I used to hate for so long but it bears such a resemblance to zero so everything and nothing at the same time it's kind of just how I've thought of myself mm-hmm. yeah it reminds me of the the honors retreat like right before the school started and it was like the like the first honors event of the year almost mm-hmm. and one of the things we did, it was like a workshop and we talked about our names and like what they mean to us. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that one? It was like equated to like a symbol, a color. Do you remember your answers to it? I wasn't there because I transferred to Roosevelt. So I kind of missed that. No way. I thought you were there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think you would have enjoyed it. It was great. It reminds me of some of the, it reminds me of some of the things that come up like in the honors exchange and just like the idea around Jane, like what the name Jane means. But we kind of just talked about what our names mean to us and how we've assigned the meaning, kind of like what you were just talking about. It was really fun. It was really fun. Right. That sounds awesome. So I'm kind of curious now that I've kind of gotten an understanding of your name and how you think of yourself tied to your name. Who are you as a person? Where did you grow up? Well, I grew up in the south suburbs of Chicago. I live like maybe on a good day, like 30 minutes from like the south loop (laughs) downtown, like pretty close. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't know, I've been in the south suburbs pretty much my whole life. I went to like, like elementary, middle and high school here. And then like, obviously go to Roosevelt downtown. Yeah. But like, I think that has a role in how I felt about my name for so long, like where I grew up. Cause there was, I don't know, it was just, there's so many different kinds of people where Mm -hmm. I live and like who I went to school with. And like, I never thought my name was interesting. Like theirs were, Mm -hmm. and I don't know. So I think, I don't, I don't think I've ever really thought about it that deeply, but now considering it, I, I do think it had, kind of an effect on how I feel about my name and how I've come to feel about my name. What about you? Where did you grow up? What's your story? I grew up on the south side of Chicago in Market Park. I spent a long time of my childhood there and was very, 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 very reserved as a child, which a lot of people would not believe. Now, 
as they see me as an adult, but I grew up very reserved. Marquette Park isn't the greatest of areas, so I didn't really have too many friends at school. School, I went to just a couple blocks away from where I was raised, uh, was McKay Elementary. It was very violent, very underfunded. So I grew up a very shy child. I went to school with my head in the books all the time, would be in the bag. My best friend was always the teacher <laughs> as a child. So I just was very, very, um, very introverted, which is so fascinating because after having that experience on the South Side until about, I want to say middle school, I believe, I moved out to Munster, Indiana. And I kind of, before that, traversed after the South Side in different areas in Chicago, moved to the North Side. But I kind of skip over that because Munster, Indiana and that move was the most pivotal moment in my life. So I moved to Munster, Indiana when I started sixth grade, I believe. And and it's funny, you talk about your name, but Munster, Indiana was so different for me compared to living on the South Side. I Yeah, it was a very white institution in town. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the school facilities were tremendously amazing. There were sports, there were after school curriculars like clubs, Spanish club, French club, (laughs) you name it. There's all these clubs, there's speech and debate team, things. There were football games, which I could never comprehend if you had told me on the South Side Imagine living in a town where there's a, a high school football game and mm-hmm. the entire town shows up to it on Fridays and there's no, nothing happens at those games. There's no fights breaking out. There's no police. Everyone's having fun. It's a fun rivalry. Like those are things I didn't really imagine as existing or mm-hmm. thought could ever exist until I moved to Munster, Indiana. Yeah. And being that shy, introverted child when I got to Munster, Indiana, And this is kind of where I loop in the experience you had with your name being in Chicago as interesting because when I moved to Munster, nobody had a name like mine. Nothing was diverse in the sense that everyone kind of had these more traditional names and Mm -hmm. teachers there struggled with my name. So I I told people, call me Taya. I don't want to hear the on, just say Taya because somehow the on was complicated. So I felt complicated my identity there felt complicated. My yeah. walking those hallways felt complicated, but I became more extroverted in that environment because I was going to, like, I was just not living in the books anymore. I went, I joined sports, was on the swim team. Yeah, was I did Young Chicago Authors while I was in high school out there. So joined Poetry Club, all of these things. So an adventure, an adventure for me school-wise. Yeah. I kind of want to ask you, what was school like for you, though? Honestly, I had an experience that was similar to yours. Like, there's two things that you said that, like, really resonated. So, like, being reserved, Mm -hmm. that was me. I'm, like, still (laughs) kind of shy. I'm still very shy, like, honestly. But, like, I don't know. I didn't have many friends in school. I was also, like, just always reading and studying I I literally didn't go outside I was always just like doing homework and things like that and like honestly I'm just now growing out of it like after coming to like college and Mm -hmm. having a job I work like in a restaurant so like you have to talk to people yeah I think that combined with coming to college and like 
I don't know, it's a more social environment. And so I'm just now coming out of my shell. And then also, even though I don't, I don't think my name is terribly difficult. I don't even think yours is terribly difficult. (laughs) But like, I also, I had a lot of people mispronounce my name in school to the point where I like would answer to something else. Right. Like, yeah. Like people, a lot of teachers like didn't care to learn my name or just Mm -hmm. like students as well. Like people called me Maya a lot Mm -hmm. and that just became my name. Like, and that's probably bad, but it's true. Like, and I have a class this semester with a Maya in the class. And like every time the name Maya is said, I like look up and think that Mm -hmm. I'm being addressed, but that's not my name. I don't know. I just... Has that had an impact at all? So it seems like we share a commonality with loving learning, Mm -hmm. with being in the books as children and kind of reserved, um, but these very intellectual beings that are very quiet. Yeah. But does your experience with your name have an impact at all with how you feel about school or? Hmm. Because I know it's interesting you say that, but too, like that, how you say, um, oh, you think you'd answer to your name being called and too in my Spanish class this semester, I keep answering to the wrong name. I have still <laughs> not <laughs> corrected her at all. Um, which is, is very interesting to do that, to not correct somebody on your name when we've both, at the beginning of this conversation together, both shared that mm-hmm. we find this power in our names now, but we yeah. still have these moments where we're lifting our heads up and answering to names that aren't our own or allowing others to continue to mispronounce it. So. In any way, does that impact your learning environment at school at all? I think it did more so in high school Mm -hmm. because it just, it feels like a lot of my teachers just didn't care enough to like learn my name, which you think is like a pretty basic thing. So it's just like, how can I want to be or just be fully engaged in the class and, and like, Right. Like, we're not on the same page as far, like, just as far as just learning my name. But, like, mm-hmm. I feel like it's been a little different in college. There still have been times when um, people have mispronounced my name. And I'm kind of like you. I don't yeah. correct them. And I, I, we need to unpack that. Because, like, why? Yeah. <laughs> we can we tell really people do. names. But we really do. I don't know. So, I think, I think. A concise answer would be more so in high school than college, but it definitely still has an impact on my learning, especially this year with the theme, because now I think about names and everything. Right. Yes. What about you? How has it impacted your learning or has it impacted your learning? Right. It's funny because I think I actually am very similar. In high school, I felt very alienated for some reason, but I still never mm-hmm. took strength in myself to say, this is how you pronounce my name. And interestingly enough, finding myself at Roosevelt in college has been, especially with, you know, the honors program directors, Sarah Maria and Marjorie Mm -hmm. Jollis, they have the way they powerfully say my name and talk to others. And I don't know if you can relate to that, how they powerfully talk to others about you and say, this is Mia Moore and this is Antea Zachary and this is what they're doing has really solidified my the power in my name and who I am and what I'm doing and has made me feel welcomed at Roosevelt. So, and I guess in a way that kind of 
leads me into the another question for you is how did you find yourself at Roosevelt? Honestly, it's like a strange story. It's well, not strange. It's just like it's not one of those. This was like I was so passionate about like <laughs> it eventually came to that, but it started out yeah. a bit shallow. Like okay. I I graduated high school in May of 2020. So like COVID had hit like that March. And so like schools were like, it was weird. I didn't know if I wanted, if I still wanted to go away. My original plan was to go to a school in Georgia. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know if I still wanted to do that, if it was still possible or safe to do that. So I started considering my options in Illinois. Mm -hmm. And also like getting financial aid got really hard. There were like yeah. most of the schools I got accepted into, I could not afford. Mm-hmm. So I started trying to find other options. It was like getting close to the time where like my school was asking for like a decision. I was like, I don't know, like, yeah. you know? And mm-hmm. so literally one day, this is so strange. One day, like, <laughs> I remember it was a Saturday and I woke up and I was like, Rose, that's a pretty flower. Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. Strange. I don't know why I put those, I don't know why I put them together, but like in my mm-hmm. school had this like wall looking into the library and it had all the yeah. pictures of graduating seniors and what schools yeah. they were going to. And I remember there was one picture that had Roosevelt under it. And I think like just like passing it every day. And then one day I just thought about it and I was like, Rose is a pretty flower. Maybe Roosevelt is a pretty school. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So then I just like looked it up and then I found out that it was like one of the only schools either in the Midwest or maybe in the nation that has like a social justice program. Yeah. And I was like, no way. Is this re-? like, it felt like it was supposed <laughs> to happen. Right. Cause like, that's, yeah. I don't know. I just like, I feel like in other schools, like our social justice studies program might be integrated into something like sociology. But mm-hmm. the fact that Roosevelt had like a distinctive, separate social justice studies program mm-hmm. was what drew me in. And then awesome. I like literally applied that same Saturday and like heard back the next week. And I was like, yeah, I'm going. It's fine. Like, it's fine. <laughs> That's you. awesome. You? I know you, you're yeah. a transfer, right? So like you've been to other yeah. schools. How do you, you find Roosevelt? So I love your story, by the way. That's very beautiful. Thank you. I too very much believe in kind of when things are right, they present themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's your kind of the journey and doors open for you that you weren't expecting at strange times. But in high school, I applied to several, 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 several different schools. And I had, which is very strange because I'm a very, very high achieving student and scored really mm-hmm. well on tests and had a great GPA coming out of high school, but I had a really hard experience getting into college, which was mm-hmm. baffling to my family, to my friends, especially considering I had demonstrated so much growth as a student coming from Chicago public schools to Monster High School. Mm-hmm. I was so behind in so many subjects, but I was so determined to prove that I was as smart and as intelligent and deserved as much space in the world of academics as a student that other students got. But during my junior year of high school, my grandmother actually passed away. And that year, yeah, it's okay. (laughs) My grades actually just tanked. Mm -hmm. And 
I pulled myself back together for my senior year. And I actually believe, despite all the A's and B's I got my freshman and sophomore and senior year, schools, when I was applying to them, would ask me to come to campus and interview. One school specifically, I think of as DePaul, um, which was the (laughs) most heartbreaking experience I had applying to colleges because I really wanted to go so bad. And I went to my interview and the question they asked me was what happened your junior year? And I expressed that my grandmother had passed away and my grades just fell apart and it took some time, but I pulled myself back together, but they, I, they got back to me and I just didn't make it into the school and justifying mm-hmm. that that's the, 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 that's what happened. So, and I think a lot of schools held that one semester, that one school year against me. Yeah. So I had a hard time getting into schools. Oh, two also thought I was going to be an athlete in college. I applied to Sarah Lawrence mm-hmm. and was speaking to the coach there about being recruited for the swim team, but things just did not work out for me um, financially for school, financially, and a lot of schools holding back on that one semester, like something, I don't know if we can trust you with this <laughs> one semester. Mm-hmm. So I ended up applying to one school called Green Mountain College that was in Vermont because I remember wanting an education that was out of the ordinary. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something I really strongly desired after going to a STEM-based high school and feeling like I was being taught as a receptacle in STEM and science. And I just wanted to break free out of that for a moment. Um, So I applied to that school and I got in, but they accepted me knowing that they didn't have the funds to run for another semester in the school and actually ended up shutting down. And I had what? no other backup schools. I had no other plans because all the other acceptances I couldn't afford. Yeah. So they shut down. But they proposed that they would send my application to Prescott College. And I had no idea what Prescott College was, but I was so terrified that I just didn't have any options. I checked out the website. It seemed so very adventurous. And one of the first things you look at on their website is social justice. Mm-hmm. And that is similarly to you that social justice, it's what took me there. So I applied. They were a school that was giving me more than enough money that I could afford to be there. And I went there. And I very, 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 very much loved my time there. I, my first year, I did things like backpacking for a month as my orientation to the college, which was crazy because I had never seen nature like that. I had never seen centipedes like this big. Um, (laughs) Right. And in that time, we had to do a solo orientation and I had never spent such intimate time with myself in the woods just alone. Mm -hmm. And it was just an awe-inspiring experience. I got to do things like live in Mexico with a host family, learning Spanish like things like that. So I got tremendous opportunities. I don't know. I've seen other schools offer in the sense that we traveled a lot in our learning. Mm -hmm. And then my second semester there came and I was a very, very kind of recognized and accomplished person at the school from administration and faculty to students. In my first year, I was nominated to be the advocacy coordinator on the student union board. Wow. Right. <laughs> right. And then my, uh, I was a part of the Black Student Union, but I only acted as a secretary that semester. And then when I got to my sophomore year, I was then the president. I was still on the student union board. I became an RA. So I was a resident assistant for students that were coming into the dorms mm-hmm. following COVID and everything. I also was a student of color mentor. So any students of color that were coming in as first years, 
I would work with administration, (laughs) admissions to Mm -hmm. welcome them in and ensure that they saw someone like themselves there. Right. And so I had a lot of, a lot of leadership positions. I was working several different jobs and Trump and his election kind of came along and kind of really tore at the loose threads of what I thought was for myself at that school. I realized I was giving so much to a community that didn't, it didn't feel like they valued me as a student. Mm-hmm. When that election came along, there was this like militia of super right-wing extremists that came to protest when these high schoolers had decided they wanted to do a Black Lives Matter protest in the square, which is just like five blocks away from the school campus. Um, 300 people showed out to this town square Mm -hmm. and were armed with guns. There were children standing there with guns. And I went to that protest as one of like 10 brown people there. And it was absolutely terrified. There were people spitting on me. There were people screaming in my face. And I remember it destroyed my experience there so much. I was like, and the school did nothing about it. They did nothing about it. I, and I was also in so many leadership positions. At one point, I actually brought something to admissions and to the school that I was being experiencing microaggressions in the workplace and being sexualized as a black woman. Mm-hmm. And they kind of told me that things I was saying weren't real, although I had evidence. <laughs> so I realized what? I was like, I'm giving so much energy to the school and I don't. I feel worthless here. I'm putting so much in it and energy into a place that's not giving back to me. So I dropped out the next semester, stopped going there, withdrew, and I took a semester off because it was simultaneously the pandemic. Yeah. So I went back home and I did a couple things with protests in Chicago for Black Lives Matter um, when George Floyd happened and kind of was just at home. Like, what are my next steps? I was so lost. I would just sit in my bedroom and just, I didn't know. I didn't know where to go. And I never wanted to stay local for school. So finding Roosevelt was something I never expected. My mom was kind of just one day like, why don't, why don't you look at the schools in this city? So I looked at Roosevelt and I was like, hmm. Uh, I don't, and so it wasn't really like a deep story, but I was like, oh, I need to do something. And I guess this is it. So I applied and I got in and then they started offering me scholarships. And I was like, oh, I can afford this. This is great, actually. This is such a great financial decision. What made the difference, though, was I didn't know an honors program existed. And then all of a sudden I got an email me too. To honors. And I was like, oh, oh, you're telling me I belong somewhere here. Mm-hmm. You're telling me that you see me. And I was like, okay. So I applied. And Sarah Maria kind of solidified when I first met her on my Zoom call that I wanted to be at Roosevelt. She asked me so much about myself, was so interested yeah. in the leadership positions I spoke about in my application. And she was like, we have a place for you. Mm-hmm. You, you need to be at RU. And that kind of really was where it took off. And I've felt like I've belonged ever since at Roosevelt.
you're listening to and justice for all the official podcast of roosevelt university i feel like we're both similar in that it felt like roosevelt wanted us right and that was yep. such a deciding factor for me too that especially was. when first meeting sarah maria and marjorie like mm-hmm. and that's one thing that i like still really appreciate about honors you can tell that they're like really invested in you as like not even just as a student but as a person like as a human being and that's like the honors community just just fosters such warmth like it's it's really great like you can tell they care about you and i think that's that's one thing that drew me into applying, but that's also mm-hmm. like why I'm so happy to like still be in the honors program. Right. Like it's such, it's such a great experience, right. but I don't know. I also wanted yeah. to comment, you mentioned that you were an athlete in high school and I just want to commend you because uh, <laughs> I'm jealous of athletes. I have no athletic abilities. I'm very uncoordinated. <laughs> I trip in or fall every single day, but it's fine. But Thank you. What do you what do you like about the honors program? Like I know you mentioned what drew you in, but right. what's what's happening right now that's like, yeah, this was this was right. Yeah. That's a great question. The biggest thing I want to say for me is the students. Mm-hmm. When you just spoke about welcoming and how you felt welcomed and like you belong. I feel that all the way down from the faculty in the honors program to the students themselves. And the students have had such a tremendous impact on me because specifically at Prescott College, I felt like students didn't live in the spirit of the school. Yes, Mm -hmm. they had a social justice mission, but things like when that that protest happened and nobody came to the defense or support of students of color was huge for me. And at Roosevelt, It's like students are the living embodiment of justice and we care about each other and you deserve to feel welcomed in academic space. And I remember I was initially a bit nervous, like, for example, joining the honors exchange. And with that, exploring, we're exploring the different Janes related to not only Chicago, but Jane Adams, Jane Byrne and the Jane Abortion Network. And I remember my first day going to Whole House with you all to learn about Jane Adams. And I was standing there. I was a little nervous because I didn't really know anybody yet after our first meeting together. And I remember the woman who was giving us a tour around Whole House asking questions. And students were providing answers, but they were such rich answers. And they would not only provide rich answers, but they were providing questions back. Like, mm-hmm. oh, don't just stop my learning with that one question you asked me. I'm going to keep asking questions. <laughs> and I remember just being so astounded with how beautiful and complex the thoughts were coming out of this community of individuals. And that's one of the things that Honors Program really prides itself on. Mm-hmm. Curiosity. Yeah. Um, question, inquiry. Inquiry. And it's been alive since... I joined the honors exchange since I joined honors classes like mm-hmm. that the life that's in that in students has not died out. I don't know if you feel the same way at all. Yeah. If you want to talk about your own feelings with that. Honestly, 
I really agree. I think what I really like about honors is like you just mentioned, it prides itself on curiosity. And that's so right. true. Like, I feel like honors taught me how to think. And that, that probably sounds like strange, but I, I really feel like I learned how to think after joining honors at Roosevelt. Like high school, at least for me, was very structured and almost formulaic. There was one way to do everything and right. anything that was different was wrong. And mm -hmm. honors was like, ask questions, arrive mm -hmm. at your answers in whatever way best fosters right. your learning or best like, a, mm -hmm. a, like whatever helps you learn best, be creative and arrive at the answer. There's no right, right. way to do it. I think that's, that's what I really like about honors. It, right. it feels like we are really supposed to be learning Mm -hmm. in whatever yeah. whatever that looks like like whatever that may mean we're supposed to be learning and I feel like I am especially right. compared to high school it's not just like yeah. here's information memorize it recite it on an exam it's like think deeply about things and like right. um like metacognition think about what you're thinking yeah. about like that was such <laughs> yeah. a big idea in honors 101 with Sarah mm -hmm. Maria like we had so many assignments that were just reflections and I didn't mm -hmm. realize like at the time I knew that it, it was like there was a reason like there was a purpose right. but I, I don't think I understood it quite well at the time and then mm -hmm. like after finishing the class I was like wow that was really important just like taking time to think about what you're thinking about notice what you notice mm -hmm. and allow that to help you arrive at more questions, more mm -hmm. interests, like just keep building on the curiosity. Right. I feel, yeah. I agree with all of that. I think the reflection part you bring up is so important about honors because that's such a big element of all these classes and mm -hmm. programs you're joining. Even with the honors exchange, we have to carry these books with us mm -hmm. that we track our learning in and have to yeah. do these reflections in about our experiences going to Hull House and what we thought and what we felt and I remember doing my reflection when we first went to Hull House and speaking to Lynn Weiner. It, no, not Lynn Weiner. Louise Knight? Louise Knight, there we go. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking about the Roosevelt historian. Um, I remember speaking to Louise Knight and we were sitting at that table with her and in this very historical dining hall. And mm -hmm. she said, think about what these walls have heard. And that has shaped my idea of space, history, and time. And in my reflection, I just was so, it's like, it seemed like such a simple thought, but then when you start living in that thought and thinking, gosh, how long these walls have been standing here and the stories they've heard and the emotions they felt along with the people in this room. Mm -hmm. um, Thinking about Whole House, that dining hall used to be filled with young people and adults and community members just talking, eating and laughing and crying and loving each other. And to sit there as an honors community, almost having the same experience yeah. was stupendous to me. And I guess that leads me into another question about that, because I know that experience for me kind of gave me a sense of home. I wonder if you as a, either as a Roosevelt student or in the honors program has an experience as either one of those two as an honors student or just a student um, made you feel at home at Roosevelt? Honestly, it's almost like 
accidental. Like what I mean by that, like last semester, last spring semester, there was a talk. It was with the with Professor Warner. It was through the Montesquieu Forum. Yeah, and I just realized, like, and even just in honors classes and working so closely with Sarah Maria and Marjorie, I realized that. Yeah. I don't think they realize that just like the things they choose to say, even if they don't think they have significance, I don't think they realize like how impactful their words are. Mm -hmm. And I had that same experience at Hull House. Like it feels yeah. like, like some of the things Louise Knight said that I wrote down, I was like, wow, like she probably doesn't even think that what she just yeah. said was like significant but like mm -hmm. it's sticking with me like not yeah. even just like the word choice but like that detail like why do you even yeah. chose to say that you know and mm -hmm. I feel like that's something that comes up in honors in general a lot that mm -hmm. I think just it made me feel like this was the right place because it, it's like like you're like motivating me and and like impacting my learning so deeply and it, it doesn't feel forced like it's just like right I'm existing as a curious person and just like wanting to learn and explore different things using different methods and genres and like just me doing that is impacting someone like impacting the students in the pro like I don't know mm -hmm. the idea of just like someone else's existence just like I don't know if motivating you is the right word but like I don't know someone else's existence just like just them intrinsically impacting you right. I think that's where I like find home most in honors right I agree yeah. with that. I strongly agree with that you brought out speaking just a lot of emotions for me of mm -hmm. feeling that and you mentioned while you were talking, working closely with Sarah Marie and Marjorie, could you yeah. explain on that more about what you're doing with them? Yeah, so I, we've talked a lot about the honors exchange so far and that's kind of the project that I've been working on since October of 2020. Mm -hmm. And like, this kind of goes back to like what we talked about earlier in that they found us and made us feel like we had a place. It was, it was very much that. Like I got mm -hmm. an email one morning from Sarah Maria and she's like, um, if you have a few minutes before class, can you give me a call? And I was like, huh? <laughs> and like, mm -hmm. she just explained, she's like, I really like your work and like what you're doing. I, I want you, we have a project that we think you'd be good on. We wanted to know if you were interested. And I was like, um, yeah. And like, so that's how <laughs> it started. And so I worked initially, I started by doing just basic research on a lot of Jane's we actually started with more than just the three that we're working with now, Jane Adams, Jane Byrne, and the Jane Collective. Um, we started with a lot of Chicago Janes, like musicians, mm -hmm. like just, just a lot of professionals associated with yeah. Chicago named Jane. And so I started by just doing basic research on their lives, what they're known for. Mm -hmm. And then I have like this binder and I would like track things that I saw were like coming up across their lives, even if they existed in different eras and different disciplines, I was still yeah. finding overlaps. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what eventually built the honors exchange. Like all that research turned into a curriculum that's heavily based on inquiry. Yeah. And 
and noticing what you notice mm-hmm. and commenting like we like we use perusal a lot um yeah. and we comment on readings and comment on each other's comments you know like that was kind of the whole idea like I spent a lot of time tracking things that I noticed and themes that I found using different lenses of fallibility or colonialism, like just different things that I found. And so like, I feel like the honors exchange is kind of the same thing. Like we're all tracking what we find and connecting it across Mm -hmm. different genres, whether it's like a podcast, a film, an article, a book, like whatever, like we're, we're just like honors is just, it's, inquiry that's the whole point so like I mean that's pretty much been my whole job with honors since October I'm like over the summer of 2021 I worked as a program assistant and I did and that was briefly it was just for the summer so I did I also did social media for that but the social media was centered around promoting the honors exchange and like (laughs) the different things that we would be exploring with the name Jane and like James right. in Chicago. And so I don't know. I I have learned a lot about the behind the scenes and like curriculum development and what goes into building an honors experience. And I think you have a similar job. So what is it that you do? Who do you work with? And and like what insight have you gained from your from your work? So I too work as a, a program assistant for Sarah Maria and Marjorie. Okay. And my work is interesting. It's very organizational. And I think I've gotten, as you said, how you've gotten to learn the honors program and curriculum and seeing that background work, I've also kind of had a, a foot in the door and in that. Mm-hmm. And I've loved that um, rather than just being a student in the experience. And it's also kind of something I wanted to commend you on. Like we're also students that, have a hand in creating this experience yeah which is awesome because then you have honor students in the experience creating the experience for other honor students you know and with sarah maria and marjorie i kind of am doing things like outreach to new incoming honor students Mm -hmm. and that is so exciting to me because the impact i can make on students joining honors, Mm -hmm. being able to talk to them about classes. Like I love talking about these experiences. I've enjoyed beyond belief and being able to share that and make them fall in love with the learning I'm experiencing to the point that they're like, oh my gosh, I want to experience this. This sounds so great. And just the other day, like in that background work, I actually on the fifth just had hosted at the preview table for honors for the student preview day, I believe. Mm-hmm. And this girl came up and, you know, it was interesting to see students walk past. And I remember, I remember mentioning to them, this is so strange how people just look at the sign and, and turn away because it says honors program. And Margie was like, yeah, a lot of mm-hmm. students look at that sign and don't see themselves here because of what they think an honors program yes. is. And we're trying to stress to students that that's not what we are. We're inquiry, yes. we're, we're love and we're learning. And And then this one girl came up and she, I walked home with the happiest heart after experiencing this girl. She walked up. She was the only student that walked up and said, the honors program, I've been looking for you 
as though she knew oh she God. was supposed to be there. Yeah. And she walks up and she's saying that she's like, I'm so excited. You know, I'm, I have this high achieving background and I, I want to be a part of the honors program. She was so enthusiastic. She was like, this is my dream school. Like I'm falling in love with it just from seeing it, like being on campus today. Yeah. But, and I got to I talk to her as a student, like, so what are you interested in? Like, um, and what, how do you think honors, being an honors student is going to shape that? And she talked to me about her love for writing and wanting to start her own. She sounded so ambitious across so many levels that just resonated with me as honors student. And she walked up to that table and knew she deserved to be there. And I just was like, in love, in so love. Yeah. It is. It really was. That's such a, a memorable moment that I'll hold with me because it, it, it really saddens me when and being in the backgrounds, like seeing how even talking to people that I know qualify for honors at the school, but aren't in the program. And I ask yeah. them why. And they're like, I don't see myself there. I never thought that was for me. And mm -hmm. to see her come up to that table was so refreshing because she just was yeah. like, I know I'm supposed to be here. Tell me what I'm supposed to do to ensure that I'm here. Yeah. It's just tremendous. Tremendous. You also reminded me that like when over the summer when I worked as a program assistant, I also worked in like recruitment and just yeah. reaching out to people who were invited and just making sure that they were interested in the program. Like mm -hmm. you qualify, but like how can we make sure that like you're interested? And mm -hmm. I think that was that was one thing that was like frustrating for me because it's just like right. you'll love it. Just come, right. just do it. Like it's it's almost like like the the saying like I can show you better than I can tell you it was it was that like mm -hmm. honors is really something that you have to experience and I think right. like because it says honors program and like what that means in the context of high schools or even other universities just that title can be intimidating right but like right. I don't know I just feel like you almost have to just do it and and experience mm -hmm. it for yourself to know that there's nothing to be afraid of. Like, mm -hmm. it's just like a, a great experience. It's not, right. it's not more work. It's not harder mm -hmm. work. It's just, it's just more inquiry. You're asking questions mm -hmm. and being creative and, and you can do that in classes outside of honors, but like, it's really a, like a different experience. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know. I just, I, I guess I have two questions based off that. Like what honors classes are you in now or like maybe that you took last semester that you think right. were just like amazing and further solidified um your comfort and choice in coming to the honors program at roosevelt mm -hmm. and then like how do you think what you're learning in honors even not even just in your classes but having your job and working doing mm -hmm. things like behind the scenes how do you think you can take that outside of roosevelt to continue yeah. making such an impact that you already have. <laughs> right. So I think definitely the class that's tremendously sitting on me is my Latinx culture and literature class. Mm -hmm. Just because I have a love, 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 love for the language, Spanish and culture, culture other than mine and mm -hmm. identities that are so complex. And being in that class has really, so informative, but my biggest and most favorite part about it is as we get ready closer progressing towards the end of the semester we work in groups of 
four, about four. And we traveled to Latino communities in Chicago. And wow. we, the first time we go, we kind of just observe. And then the second time we go, we observe, but then we, we come back with notes and we're, we're synthesizing ideas about this time and this space and this place and who's here. And we also conduct interviews. Mm -hmm. And then our final project, we go back again for the last time and we observe one more time before taking those interviews and taking just three, ensuring that we go three times to just observe and learn from sight and from talking. And then we synthesize that into a final project. Mm -hmm. But what about, I love about it too, is it's so collaborative in the sense we get to travel together while at the same time, our project isn't intertwined with each other. So our learning is so respective and unique. And I love that because sometimes I feel like with those group projects, people's ideas aren't the same and you're mm -hmm. trying to figure out like in regular classes, how to put them together. And sometimes they're just not cohesive because your learning is going in two different ways. And that professor and that teacher is kind of supporting that learning can go in so many different ways. So that's definitely yeah. one of the classes that's sitting on my being really well this semester. I don't know if you have a, a class, but as far as what honors will do for me in the future, I think it's making me so much more extroverted, so much more yes. um, free to just create these beautiful, long-lasting relationships. I remember sitting in the cafeteria just just a, a few days ago, and the day before I had caught a girl on the elevator and talked to her, because I work in the background, I was seeing senior theses, and I actually started reading some of them. <laughs> and yeah, I caught a girl on the elevator, and I started talking to her about her senior thesis. She was like, how, how do you know about that? I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of read your project. <laughs> she was like, I'm actually so grateful you read it, because this is something I'm so passionate about. So we had this kind of interaction in the elevator. And I was sitting in the cafeteria the next day and I, I watched these, these cheerleaders and their friend came into the cafeteria and they were like, oh, hey, like, how you doing? You look so cute. I was like, wow, that's so, that's so beautiful. I haven't had that experience happen to me here at Roosevelt. And just like that, the same honor student I talked to in the elevator about her senior project walked past me and said, hey, Antea. I was like, oh my gosh, hi. Mm -hmm. It was just so... It, that centered home for me and she remembered my name. She pronounced it right. She was yeah. like she wow. wanted. It was just such a a moment of intimacy for me about the community I'm establishing. So I, I want to I carry the ability to carry or grow community everywhere um, that I think honors teaches us to do. I don't know if you have anything you want to add about that for yourself. I think... The biggest thing that I can take from honors, and you kind of touched on this briefly, is just like that different kinds of learning are okay. And I yeah. think that's important to take to, I don't know, grad school or just like in the world, like jobs, wherever, because like being able to creatively arrive at an answer or problem solve, mm -hmm. I think that's truly a skill. And that's yeah. something that I'm learning in honors that will definitely travel outside of the program and outside of right. Roosevelt. Like just goes back to like what I said at the beginning, like honors taught me how to think like, mm -hmm. and that thinking differently is okay. It's not wrong. It's just different. Like we mm -hmm. all think differently and there are different kinds of learning and that's 
fine. I think mm-hmm. that's that's something that really resonated with me that with um being in honors that I'll definitely take out of Roosevelt. And I don't know, the honors course that I'm in right now, it's it's technically honors. I'm in the Newberry Library seminar. Right. But I think the I think one of my favorite honors courses has been Literature of the Absurd. I took that <laughs> like in the fall of 2020 with Professor Franconi, who I think you work with. Yeah, I do. And that was such a fun class. Like I was really intimidated. I didn't think like a literature class would be for me because I was always mm-hmm. like in high school. I never thought I was smart. Like there's like this, you know, the joke, like the curtains are blue. What does that mean? Like, you know, it was, I was always thinking this, like, it means the curtains are blue. And then the teacher's like, no, like it means sadness and sorrow. It's an (laughs) illusion. And I was just like, what? So I didn't think, I was really intimidated by literature classes, but Mm -hmm. that one was really fun. It was interesting. We read things outside of the traditional literary canon. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. And, and I think that class and being in honors in general, it just further solidifies the idea that like different is not wrong. Like sure those books were out of the traditional literary canon, but that didn't make them any less worthy of study. And I don't know, I think I think that just what that's what the honors program embodies very right. well. Agreed. Well, thank you so much, Mia for being here and sharing this conversation with me today. And thank you too for learning alongside of me and living in the honor spirit, questioning, being curious. Thank you. Thank you. And Justice for All is produced by Roosevelt University and is available at roosevelt.edu or anywhere you get your podcasts. The music for And Justice for All is written and produced by Jesse Case. Thanks for listening.